Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Sermons podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.crossroadstw.org. Hey, I'm really glad that you're here. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles, please, this morning over to, um, to 1 Peter. It's uh, closer to the back end of the New Testament. 1 Peter chapter 2 is, um, is where we find ourselves in this series of messages that um, I probably talked way, way, way too much during prayer time, but I think it, in some ways it, it actually helps set up what I'm talking about, where we're going today, because um, that really did bother me this week when I, um, you know, heard about that guy. Like, you know, wow, I just, that kind of stuff really, really bothers me, really bothers me. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, uh, I want you to know today that, um, you know, one quick glance at this particular text and um, you'll, you'll understand uh, why I, I've, I prayed a lot. I prayed a lot about this. I started off the week praying, you know, God, I really don't want the flu this year, but if I'm going to get it, do you think I could have it this week? <laughs> and then when it became apparent that I was healthy and felt good and was strong and energized. I had to change my prayer that God, that you would use me, that you would speak to me, that you would help me to understand that you would give people love for me at least one more Sunday. Because, you know, when you talk about verses of scripture and you use the word submit and submit to government, that's not always really, really popular. So I want you to stand with me, please, this morning. I'm going to read the text. I want to read the text. I'm going to pick up with verse 12. If you were here last week, you, if you weren't, I really encourage you to listen to the, to the message because the preacher didn't do a half bad job last week. And it might be very, very helpful to sort of see because all this actually ties together. I call verse 12, uh, I called it a bridge verse. It bridges everything that we've been studying for the last couple of weeks. The really Sean Darius kicked off a couple of weeks ago. And it'll go all the way through for about really up to Thanksgiving, believe it or not. So I pick up with verse 12. And this is what Peter is saying to these people, these people who uh, are in the faith, they're, they're believers, they're probably young in their faith. Life wasn't easy. Again, they were living uh, under Roman rule, Nero, You know a little bit about Nero. You've probably read about him in history books. Sort of a lunatic. You never knew what he was going to do. Poisoned his own mom because he thought she was after him. You know, he's just... I read a story this week. uh, The uh, historian Suetonius said that that, uh, Nero wanted to be a musician and he would make everybody sit and listen to him play. And uh, women women would fake going into labor just so they wouldn't have to sit there anymore. <laughs> I'm like, wow. So anyway, these people are living under that guy. So we pick up in verse 12, and he's telling these people, he's telling the church and to us, because it's applicable to us, he says, I want you to live such good lives Among the pagans, people who aren't believers, 
that though they accuse you of doing wrong, and by the way they will, that they may see your good deeds. And then ultimately, this is the story of our life. This is why we exist. And glorify God so that these people will glorify God because that's the chief end of humanity. That's our goal. We want to glorify God. And we want to live our lives so that other people will glorify God on the day that he visits us. And then he, then he comes into this first example. He gives three examples. We're only going to cover the first one. First one has to do with our responsibility with civil authority, how we react, and you'll see that. Next one's about how you, how you live out your faith in a work world. And, and then the third week is going to be in, in marriage. Marriage, he's going to talk about that. But we, we see verse 13. He says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by the emperor, sent by the king to punish those who do wrong, we like that, and to commend those who do right. That's a good thing. Now, for it is God's will. It's God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. And there was a lot of foolish talk. Romans said that Christians were cannibalists, that when they had this Lord's Supper thing that they were eating bodies and drinking each other's blood, you know, but if you don't go, you don't know. And so people just talk. They talk about us. Crazy people down there on Sunday morning, they could be out playing golf or fishing. And so he says, live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect. The better word is honor. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood, which are fellow believers. Fear God and honor the king. So this is the word that the Lord has for us today. Amen? Why don't you take a seat, keep your Bibles open. You, some of you are going to be more interested than others of what I have to say. So, let's, let's uh, establish some rules with this text this morning, okay? Number one, this is not Peter's political vision. In fact, there is not a biblical character that has a political vision. Number two, rule... I'm going to ask you today to refrain from putting into my mouth words that I'm not saying in this text is not talking about. Okay? 
because I know that this is a passionate subject. But I, I want to tell you today that, that this is not a political passage. It's not about politics. It's about our walk with God. Because here's what's been going on, and this is actually really good stuff when you think about it. So it started with the teaching of Sean Darius, again, who did a wonderful job. And we've been learning about who we are. And that's very important that we know our identity. And, and so Sean Darius really dug deep in it. Last week, I, I talked about it once again to try to lead us somewhere. And, and it's a must again today. Because when we, when we really begin to see who we are, that we were selected by God, we're, we're, his, chosen, we're his chosen race. That, that when you begin to look and, and you see in Scripture that not only are we his chosen race, but we are a royal priesthood. We will stand someday face to face with the Lord. We, we are a holy people. Uh, we were a people that, that once walked in darkness, but now we we walk in a marvelous light. We were a people at one time who were without mercy, but for some reason, some reason, not because of our goodness, not because we were the best or the whatever, but but he he extended mercy to us. And so we get this wonderful picture of who we are, of who we are in our walk and who we are in our relationship. And, and so please hear this. We, we are a miracle of redemption. We have been redeemed. Redeemed. Now, here's where we're going with this. So if that's who we are, then he challenges us and he says, as people who are redeemed, people, people who know the Lord, people who have been changed, people who have been brought out of darkness into light, he said, he said, I want you to abstain. I want you to say no to to sin. I want you to say no to those passions of the, of the flesh because we have those passions of the flesh. I shared with you that I, I still struggle with anger and it manifests itself mainly when we're driving. Not Vicky driving, but when I'm driving. She's good. I, the people drive me crazy. And so, but he said, stay away from those things. And, I, and then here was what last week was about. And the reason that we say no to sin, the reason we abstain, the reason we, the reason we, we do that is because that's not who we are anymore. And that's the thing that I try to drive home. That's not who we are. We don't treat people rudely. We don't treat people like everybody else. We don't, we don't post on Facebook like everybody else a spirit of criticism and being cynical. We don't, we don't do those things because that's not who we are anymore. We've been changed. We've been redeemed. We're a product of his redemption. And now, this is where it really gets good. Because it's not like, okay, that's it. You know, you got Jesus saved you. Live like you want, and now someday you'll die and you'll go to heaven. No, no, no. We have a mission. We have a purpose. Don't we all want a purpose? We want an objective. We want something, we want something in our life that says, this is what you're to do, and here's how you're to do it, and here's why you're to do it. So here's who we are. We're redeemed. And, and we're not to act like everybody else. We're to live a life that's different. 
And then he says, here's your purpose. People are watching you. This is verse 12. This is where we really pick up today. He said, you're, you're not like, you're not like everybody else. And as you are walking differently because of this new life that you've been given, he said, I want you to know people are watching you. And here is your mission. Here is your objective. You see, everybody has a mission. Your company has a mission. This is what you're about. Oftentimes, we get off in peripheral things. You know, we, we, we might say, well, boy, didn't, didn't um, Altuve look really good at bat last night? But it wasn't, wasn't good. At, that's not what the purpose of the game was. The purpose of the game was their objective is at the end, at the end of nine innings, the Astros would have this many runs and Washington would have this many runs. Somebody might say, well, you know, he really played hard. Look how dirty his, his uniform is. Well, that, that is, a, a, I guess, a good thing, but that's not the object, objective of the game. So we have to always know our objective. We must know our goal. And verse 12 is our goal. Our goal is, please hear this. This is it in a nutshell. If you get this, the next three sermons will fall into place. Our objective is very simple. Our, our objective is this, to live our lives in such a way. To conduct ourselves in such a way that people who, people who don't believe in this stuff that you and I claim we believe, that somehow on the day that the Spirit of God visits them, they too will give glory to Him. In other words, there will be a day that because of our lifestyles and the way we live and the way we talk, that we can make a difference and people's lives will be changed. Don't we pray and hope that the young man that was 30 years old that was here last week, that something that we said, maybe, just, just maybe, God got a hold of his life because that's our mission, isn't it? Isn't it our mission? Is it our mission to have nice chairs? No, it's a good thing. Sit in them, enjoy them. But that's not our mission. Our mission is to go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching people to observe all these things. And God said, I'll be with you to the very end of that. We have a mission. We have a purpose. Now, in light of that, he gives three examples Examples that were a big deal then, actually, they're a big deal today. And the first one is how to deal with how government, how a Christian lives in this world. And, you know, here, here, here's the thing. Um, I know sometimes we gripe, complain, say, man, it's, it's, it stinks up in Washington. I got to ask you, have you ever had Nero as your president? Have you ever lived? Some of you have. Have you ever lived in a totalitarian form of government? You ever lived in Somalia? Have you ever lived in Rwanda, the Democratic Republic of the Congo? Have you ever, have you ever lived there? Have you ever lived in a place where you didn't have the opportunity to go and vote and to be a part of a jud judiciary process? Have you ever lived in a place where you could not step up to the plate and, and help 
and serve and be on a be on a school board? Have you ever lived in those places? You see, we're blessed. We're incredibly blessed. And I'm not telling you that that we should not state our, our opinions. I'm just asking you to act like Jesus when you state them because people are watching. And so basically what Peter is telling the people, three things. He says to do three things. If you really want to live out your mission and if you really, really, really care about people's lives and that someday's that man, that boy, that girl, that your grandchild, your parent, the next generation is coming along. And I'm very scared because I remember the way we talked about our politicians when I was younger. I mean, the worst thing we ever called him was Slick Willie. And, and now I, I think we're passing down to the next, I'm being serious. I think we're passing down to the next generation a very dangerous thing. And I wonder what my grandkids will call that president. I wonder what they will post. I wonder what pictures they will post. I wonder what words they will use. Because you see, we've been called to live a different life. And there is a world that is watching whether you like it or not. And some of the things that you post on Facebook, I don't think God would be happy to see. I don't think they edify the body of Christ. I don't think they honor people. And the Bible says right here, honor them. Honor all men, not the ones that you like. Not the ones that think like you and stand on the platform. You stand. He said, honor all men. Honor them all. Love the brotherhood. And see, when we come to the time of elections, which are not that far, oh God, please, maybe that's the time I need to be sick. See, what begins to happen is because we, we become so politically divided that we have to walk up this aisle because we're afraid Mary, who is the Republican or Democrat, is on that side, and we sure don't want to be around them. But he says... He says, love the brotherhood, agape love. And we, we position ourselves where we can't even love people because of some of the dumb things we do and the views that we have and the words that we say and the things we send out and the things we post. Now, you know I love you. Oh, I've got to stop, don't I? I told Vicki to tell me when to stop today. <laughs> Honey, I haven't even got to the first point. Yeah, but I haven't got to the first point. <laughs> what do I do? Do I come back next week? I mean, this is very convicting to me because it matters. It matters how we live. And I'm not I'm not being a I'm not being a pain. I'm just telling you that I don't need people to help me learn to be cynical. I, I can be cynical. 
I, I don't need help knowing how to be ugly. I mastered in that for many years of my life. And I want to be around, I want to be around somebody that helps build me up in Christ and not tears me down. And so all I'm asking today is, I'm not asking you to stay away from politics. I'm asking you to treat those who are in leadership like Jesus taught, like he treated Pilate and Caiaphas. He didn't start a he didn't start a, a blog about how bad they were. He didn't create a Facebook page with satire trying to make them look ugly. When they asked him questions, he answered because he knew that you honored the king. Now, did he suffer? Well, yeah, but it wasn't because of Pilate. It was because that was God's plan. Because there were some people like Larry York that were sinners. And there had to be a sinless Savior to die for you and me. And so even, even what the government thought, you know, hey, we got them now. I just want to tell you, every form of government is over. That's why I would tell you today, don't put lock, stock, and barrel in the government because some put lock, stock, and barrel in the Roman Empire. Where is the Roman Empire today? Come on, where is it? Where is it? Where's Nero? Where's the church of Jesus Christ even through times of persecution? It's alive. Would it not make good sense to put your faith and trust in that which is alive that will never die? Would it not make sense that when we make temporal decisions on how we live our life, would it not make sense that we make temporal decisions with an eternal perspective? Knowing that knowing that someday those things that we've invested in, that they will have great eternal value. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, in heaven. Help people go to heaven. Live in such a way that people would be drawn to, to God so they would want to go to heaven. Wouldn't it make better sense if that's what we did? You know it would. Well, I didn't get very far, but that should not come as a surprise. But I think I told you what God wanted me to tell you today. More than anything, I want us to be a vehicle and a tool and an instrument where people would know God. 
and all the other things that can be said about us, you know, lighting, chairs, programming, and those are good, but will everybody that comes in contact with us individually and us corporately, will they know that we have a love for God? Rocky, you can come, a love for God, a, a love for others. Will they see that we honor that we honor people, that we honor the king, that we honor those in civil authority? Will they see that we love the, the brothers? And the most of all, will they see that we fear God? He's the only one to fear. He's the only one to fear. Would you bow your heads with me, please, this morning? I don't know how time got away so quickly. The devil must be in the clock today. So this morning, if if you are here and there are things in your life that should not be there that could become a distraction for others to come to Christ, I'm going to ask you today, would you repent of those? You don't have to come and lift your hand or any of that kind of stuff. Probably the truth is, all of us in this room today, we, we've been caught with our hand in the cookie jar many times before. But it's as simple as saying, God, I want to I live my life in such a way that there would never be a man or a woman or a boy or a girl that would read my Facebook or, or read my blog or read my life at the store or the restaurant that they would not know that I have a love for God and a respect for humanity and His greatest creation. So if you need to confess, I ask you to confess those sins. Repent. Repent means to turn and say, God, I don't want to live that way anymore. I don't want to make a a mockery of the name of Christ. I want to glorify his name i want people i want people on the day of your visitation god i want people to glorify you as well so if you're here today and you've never if you've never come into um, a personal walk relationship with jesus christ i invite you today you see these people were new believers Their leader, the writer, was the guy, Peter, who had denied Christ. I've often thought, I've often thought when Peter was was being hung upside down, being crucified by Nero, if he remembered back to the courtyard when he told that little servant girl, I don't know Jesus, I don't know Jesus, I don't know Jesus. You see, the reason that he could now stand boldly and proclaim and could even die at the hands of an unjust ruler is because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ because that made the difference in the world. And today we preach a message of the resurrection. There is hope and there is life in Christ. And so today if you're here, you would like that hope, you would like that life, I invite you to come. Would you stand with me, please? There'll be pastors here at the front that'll help you and pray with you any way we can.